hers is an incredible story of overcoming severe emotional abuse, being bullied, isolated, sexual assault, and PTSD. You are not going to believe this incredible story of overcoming. Coming up next, we are speaking with the one and only Bonnie Gray, author of Finding Spiritual White Space, Whispers of Rest, and her brand new book, Sweet Like Jasmine. And she is going to tell the story of how she has stepped into the fullness of healing, joy, and peace, and how you and I should not be ashamed of the stories of brokenness because God is making them all beautiful. This podcast changed my life. I know it's going to change yours. Why don't you tune in and watch available on all podcast platforms or subscribe to my YouTube channel and I will see you on the path. You're listening to On the Path Podcast with Cheryl Nemhard, brought to you by Fight for Freedom. Follow Cheryl Nemhard on all social media platforms. guys, welcome to On The Path. I am so honored to have all of you with us in this space as we sit together in community. This is the idea that we are walking and journeying in life together. And we're learning from our mountaintop experiences, but we know that our life-changing moments come from the valley, the rock bottom hardships of our life. That is where a lot of our wisdom and learnings come from. And I have an incredible storyteller, someone who is going to share their life. And I'm telling you, I've had just a few moments with her and you are going to be blown away. I want to introduce you to Bonnie Gray. Bonnie Gray is the author of Whispers of Rest. Finding Spiritual White Space and Sweet Like Jasmine. She's an inspirational speaker and podcast host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. Love that. And Bonnie touches thousands of lives using storytelling, soul care, and prayer. But what you need to know right now is Bonnie is like you and I. She has struggled from mental health to depression to a traumatic past to feeling like the other. And there's so many things we're going to talk about today. You are going to be blessed. Well, let's welcome Bonnie Gray. Oh, thank you so much, Cheryl. I'm so happy to be here with you. I told you right before we started that I feel like I'm with a safe person. You You are a person of color and you understand my experience. I'm Chinese American. I was born in San Francisco, Chinatown to a mail order bride. She was a teenage mail order bride. She had me when she was 18. When she emigrated here, my father was a busboy in a noodle shop right in San Francisco, Chinatown at Golden Mm -hmm. Gate restaurant. That's where the gang shot up the place. And it's like, this is the kind of history that I came from. That's where my story began, Cheryl. And that's a story that I hid. That's a story where I did not want to own. And in fact, you know, you introduced me as Bonnie Gray. Well, because when I got married, I took away Bonnie Lee. And so this story, this journey here, Sweet Like Jasmine, it's about my story of claiming my voice again, finding my voice again. Mm. And in fact, it's people of color who have given me strength. When I was a little girl, the only safe place I had was my journal and my books. Mm. I'm going to get emotional and that's good because you know what? Tears are significant. They symbolize those valleys. They're healing too. And we, and, and here it is about being real, honest and open. And I want to ask you a question as we stay right there. 
What was it about your childhood that really was the most uh, upsetting and traumatic for you? Well, you know, as I begin to tell the story, I am inspired by Toni Morrison. When, because I was telling you, I had no friends. I had mm. friends when I stepped out of the doorway to school, but those are friends where I was cheerful, optimistic, happy Bonnie. But when I stepped back home, that home was a dysfunctional, toxic place where there was verbal abuse, emotional abuse. And that was a different life. It's as if I led two different lives. So mm. there is emotional pain there. And mm-hmm. I want to validate all our viewers and listeners. Sometimes we compare our pain. We think, hey, my pain is not so bad as this other person's pain. And then we minimize it and we don't honor mm. our pain and our grief. And that in doing that, we, we shut out the light, the light of God's love and peace because God speaks to us in the valleys, like you said. And yes. Tony Morrison said, the function of freedom is to free someone else. Mm. I love that. Okay, so the story I'm going to tell you now is about a vow I made as a little girl. My father left when I was seven. And I was the only person that spoke English in my family. It was just my mother, my teenage mother and I, and my younger sister, who's five years younger than me. So basically, I was like a second mom. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have a childhood. And so one thing we did is we grew up below the poverty line. And we didn't have medical insurance. So one day... And we went to, you know, have Chinese herbs. That's in Chinatown, right? But herbs can only take you so far. So when I needed antibiotics one day, and it was just a couple years after my father left when I was seven, he didn't tell me why he left. I never saw him again. You know, I would check the mailbox every time it was my birthday, hoping secretly maybe he dropped Mm -hmm. me a card. There was no card. And then I was thinking, okay, maybe my mom, she's a really, she's not a loving person, Cheryl. Okay. And I talk about this in the book and I talk about it because it's not that I don't honor my mother, but we need to honor our stories. Yes. We we need to honor our stories. And, you know, someone listening is being abused verbally or emotionally by maybe a spouse or maybe Mm -hmm. their child or even the girlfriend or their boyfriend or even in the church. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So, but I share this story because we have all made vows in those moments in the valleys that God is maybe saying right now, you can let them go. They were good for you in the moment. So I was sick. My mom dropped me off in the middle of this parking lot. I didn't know it. Somehow my mom knew where my dad was. Okay. But she told me not to ask about him. And um, she said, you need to go get money, Bonnie. You made your sister sick. She's got whatever you have now. Don't come back to the car unless you have the money. I have no idea. I'm not seeing him for a couple of years, Cheryl, what am I going to say to him? I have no idea. I'm walking there like a robot, have no idea what I'm going to say to him. I've not seen him for years. And you know how you go in the Chinese restaurant, they point you to sit in those like chairs <laughs> where you wait for your pickup order, right? He came and he said, what are you doing here? That's the first thing he said to me, Cheryl, what are you doing here? And I told him, I'm sick. I, I, I need medicine. Don't see the doctors. And my dad said, don't you come here asking me for money. And he shoves me, pushes me out the door. And as I'm there being pushed out the door, I'm actually terrified, Cheryl, because my mom told me, do not come back into this car unless you have money. So I turned to my father, who should be loving me, protecting me, concerned that I'm showing up out of the blue sick. I turned to him 
I said, I have to have money in order to go back. Mom won't let me in the car. And he said, pulled out a wad of cash. And that hurt me so much, Cheryl, because he just told me he had no money. And as he's peeling the $5, $1 bills, and it wasn't even very much, when he gave me that much, I was so humiliated. And as I was holding the wad of cash, walking back to the car, I told myself, I made a vow. I said, I will never ask anybody for anything ever again. Even if mm. I die, I'd rather mm. die than to ask anybody for anything. And, uh, you know, by God's grace, Cheryl, he gives us the grace. He understands yeah. we make those vows because when you're rejected, you're alone, you're lonely. Mm. Mm. We make those vows to be strong and God in his grace empowers us. Yeah. But you know what, friend? He does not want us to keep holding on to those vows indefinitely. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, I'm sitting here listening to your story and I'm I'm just at the edge of my seat because this is this is not a fairy tale. This is your life. Number one. Number two, I'm hearing stories of rejection, isolation, bullying at school, um, verbal and emotional abuse, feeling like an outsider. And then I look at you right now and you are this like just beautiful, well-spoken, put together, strong individual. And I know that the turnaround from you, from what I've read, is this big moment of making peace with your past. I would love for you to take us through that journey. How did that even begin to happen for you? Oh my gosh. I just love being here. Um, James Baldwin, something when I read through his book, he said, you think your pain, you think your pain and heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world, but right. then you read it. And it was books that taught me that things that tormented me most were the very things that connected me with all the people who were alive, who have ever been alive. And I'm feeling connected to you. I'm feeling connected to all the listeners because yeah. you asked me the question of that turnaround moment. I'm going to read an excerpt because yes, in order please. to tell you about that turnaround moment, I want you to relive it with me. There's a moment in all our lives where we realize those vows that we made, they don't work for us anymore. And if we keep right. holding on to it, we are going to be hurting ourselves. We allowed somebody else to hurt us once before. We weren't in control of the circumstances. By God's right. grace, he allows us to survive. But there comes mm -hmm. a time that you and I, we have to claim our voice. We have to rise up. We have to say, no more. This That's is right. the day. So here mm -hmm. is a moment. I never fell in love. I thought, well, maybe because I grew up in a broken family, never had a dad. And maybe I'm just meant to be alone because, you know, all my friends got married by the time they're 30, right? I'm like, I'm not falling in love. It's not happening to me. So I thought maybe the best I can do in this life is to serve God and serve others and love others. And maybe one day when I see Jesus in heaven, that'll be when I'm truly loved. And you say I'm sitting strong here right now. That hope kept me strong that maybe I'm not loved now, but I know one day when I see Jesus, I'll be fully loved. And it was because Jesus, the Jesus I met was a broken Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I met Jesus, I heard a story because, you know, I love books. I told you books are my best friends. And it was the moment yeah. where I heard that Jesus broke down and cried. And he said, I don't, I don't want this cup. Mm -hmm. Take it away. Like that, that just gripped me because I've said so many times in my life, why I don't want 
this life, it seems like things continually happen to me, even though I try hard to be strong. And so the Jesus that drew me to be safe is the lonely Jesus. Mm, so mm. good. So good. So here I am. Okay. So I finally, I thought I was the best I could do is just to, you know, I love, I don't know about you, Cheryl, but I love that kind of caretaker role. Yeah, me too. I love others. I love loving others because I figure, well, okay, rather focus on myself, let me just give other people joy. But you know what? God says, guess what? I see you. You were meant for more. You're not meant to just give to others. You're meant to receive love. You're meant to be loved. So I finally met Eric, you know, in our singles ministry, because I thought, hey, I'm good. I got to get to singleness. Let me just start this singles ministry. And it was in that moment, he came, showed up at the doorstep. And he's not what I expected, because, you know, my mom is traditional Chinese. I thought, I have to marry a Chinese guy. Who's going to be able to handle this craziness? But here he is. I've never even been attracted to a blonde hair, blue eyed guy at all. Okay. I just being honest, but yeah, he comes into this uh, group gathering at church and then never happened to me before. He starts emailing me every day just to say hello and start chatting with me. See who would have known? Nobody would have known. That's my secret soul language is words. That's where I feel safe, Cheryl. Yeah. Okay, so we finally get a chance to go ride the roller coasters. So some of us are going down to ride roller coasters for July 4th, but nobody knows the secret, okay? Because it's so toxic and dysfunctional in my home. My mother said, family's most important. You spend every holiday with me. Don't put anybody above me. So the secret was I actually couldn't go. But Eric was unlike other guys. Most guys would be like, okay, all right, well, okay, you can't go. No, Eric was like, why? Why can't you go? What? This July 4th, there's nothing, there's nothing going on. What? So I had to face my mother. Here's the scene. Ama, that's for Chinese for Ma. Ama, this is just a simple, fun weekend to go ride the roller coasters. I haven't dated anyone since college. I'm 31 years old, Ama. Maybe you're right. Maybe it won't last, but I like Eric. I won't know if I don't try. I've taken care of you my whole life. Why can't you be happy for me? I started crying because I was more scared than anything. Scared that I said it so bluntly. Scared because I'd never spoken to my mom like this. How stupid can you be? Ama said. A man comes along and pays you little attention and you think that makes you special? Listeners, haven't we heard that voice before? Yes, we have. I was just going to say, <laughs> yes, we have. Now, you've forgotten who you are, Bonnie Lee. You're my daughter. You belong to me. Amma screamed it at the top of her lungs, her eyes wild with rage, wailing with all her might. Like she was blowing air out of her lungs, her face turning purple, her hands balled up into fists. If I thought I was scared before, I was beyond terrified now. I felt I was teleported into another dimension of a horror movie. I thought she would storm out and I'd hear her grab her car keys and slam the front door. She often did when I was a little girl, leaving behind all alone at home. Instead, Ama tore out, thundering into the kitchen. I heard drawers slamming open and shut. The next thing I knew, she flew back into the room with a glint of steel, brandishing a large pair of scissors in her hand. She shoved my sliding closet doors open, violently yanking close off the hanger. She was shaking as she pulled apart my clothes by the neck openings to tear them up. 
haphazardly cutting my clothes, running the blade of the shears against my clothes with one hand, tugging them like she was strangling the life out of them. Everything you have, everything you are is because of me. And if it weren't for me, there would be no you. I must screamed it as she clawed at my desk, clutching whatever she could get her hands on, ejecting my books, notebooks, swiping things off, throwing them in my room like a confetti of fury. I stood there choking in my tears, afraid to move or breathe, frozen and paralyzed. Confusion engulfed me. I just wanted to ride the roller coasters with a boy who liked me too. How can something so simple go so wrong? Mm -hmm. And a thought hit me like a siren. Something is really, really wrong. Yeah. And that was the moment that you realized that not only was your mom toxic and abusive, but change had to happen in your life, right? Yeah, isn't that so often, you know, we kind of swallow our tears. We just yeah, kind we of do. like keep it like we've got it. It's going to be okay. I can handle it. And then yeah. things escalate to a point where it's completely broken beyond repair and you realize it. And that that moment, every woman, every man has that moment, whether it's the marriage yes. or health, yeah. a friendship, yeah. a family, a career. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and we're frozen. Yeah. What do you do in that moment? We're frozen. And, you know, I feel like it's a turning point for so many of us because up until that point, we can ingest and take all this abuse. And it's like there's an internal limit that we're not even aware of, but we hit it and we know it becomes too much, too violent, too dark, too constrictive. And we think to ourselves, what in the world? It's like the, it's like the scales come off our eyes and we finally see it for what it actually really is. Uh, and somehow before that, we were making excuses. And so we we told ourselves a different story. Oh, I love that line. That's so beautiful. Cheryl, what a gift mm -hmm. you have. We told ourselves a different story. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've all done that before. So I, let's stay here because this is I mean, it's not even on script, but this is so good. Someone is listening and they've told themselves a different story about the situation that they're in, what they're in, in, you know, experiencing day to day to day. And they're listening and their eyes are being opened to the fact that something, as you said, is very, very wrong. What would you say to that person right now? I'm going to say what I said to myself in that moment, because I actually, I locked myself in the bathroom. I was so scared. Is she going to end it? Is she going to like attack me? You know, I think those what if questions are the ones that kind of keep us up at night. Now, listeners, viewers, you have, you're in the middle of your story. Okay. What is that question? What is that question of what ifs that's mm -hmm. swirling around you? I want to tell you that you and I have the courage because mm -hmm. Jesus is standing right there in the middle between those scissors and me. Jesus is standing in that bathroom with the door closed. Jesus is standing with you, what, wherever you're finding yourself in. And yes. Jesus said to me, he whispered to me, he said, Bonnie, I want you to be more honest than you're willing to be comfortable with. Mm. So I wanna ask you right now, 
what is it that you would do if you were more honest with yourself than you're comfortable with? What oh, would you good. say? What would you say? What would, what would you tell yourself? What is the story you would tell if you were more honest than you're comfortable with? So good, Bonnie. What is the story you would tell yourself if you put truth first on the table and you were bluntly honest with yourself? It Would it be a different story than what you've been telling yourself? And this is Powerful. what I say to myself. I put this in in that chapter where I have this excerpt. I, I want to leave you on the cliffhanger for sure, Cheryl, yes. because I want listeners yes. to pick up my book, Sweet pick Like Jasmine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving yeah. you on that cliffhanger, okay? Yes. Because we're storytellers, right, Cheryl? So, you know, yeah. I can't give it away. I'm the kind of person that does not watch trailers. If I want to watch a movie, I'm not going to watch a trailer. But right. I'm not going to leave you on an emotional cliffhanger, okay? So this mm-hmm. is what I wrote. Every chapter has this story, okay? Mm-hmm of how we go through the valley, but we want to take you to the mountains. For sure, we're heading to the mountains, for sure, okay? You are worthy of peace. Brother, sister, you are worthy of peace. Beloved, you will have to make a very hard decision one day to choose Mm -hmm. peace over fear. You'll have Mm -hmm. to keep choosing to believe you are worthy of that peace, and you will Mm -hmm. have to leave, even though you've given your all to stay. Peace isn't freedom from conflict. Peace is trusting God enough to make the right choice in the midst of conflict. Choosing peace will mean you need to let go of someone or something you've held on to in order to take the hand of God who promises to lead you beside quiet waters. Mm. You will need to count the cost and set your face like flint to leave what is not healthy because it continues staying with someone or something that is who is abusing you emotionally, toxic to your well-being, hurting your body, your heart, your soul is breaking the heart of God. To choose this peace, you will need to be honest with yourself. There will come a time for this honesty, and that time is now. Oh, listen. <laughs> I need everyone that's listening and watching to pick up this book, Sweet Like Jasmine from Bonnie Gray, available anywhere and everywhere that books are being sold. It is an incredible book of coming into oneself, healing, uh, reconciling with our past, overcoming abuse and toxic relationships. It is the absolute soul care book for us right now. And, you know, I want to just ask you a, qu- a couple of questions before you go. This there, I don't even know where to go, but I do oh, no, know. I want to stay here forever with you. You're I know, I know. You're a wonderful person I to love be it. with. Gosh, oh, thank just you. Flow so, out. Flow, flow, flow. Um, I want to talk about, because we're talking about, um, sort of making these conscious decisions to not allow the toxicity of our environment to overtake us. And I know that even for you and I, and this is a really, this is going to be a very raw, honest moment, but we need to do this. Change doesn't happen without discomfort. Let's talk about the current climate of anti-Asian racism. And here you were, because I can see the tie-in for me, here you were feeling very othered, feeling very isolated, very marginalized growing up, coming into a place, a sense of healing and wholeness, trying to put the pieces back together, getting stronger in your life, and then boom, 2020 and 2021 happen, and here you are with these feelings of being othered and hatred. It's like, it's like 
almost like high school all over again. How are you navigating this moment? Well, I have to tell you that storytelling has saved my life, meaning always feeling invisible, always feeling alone. And the stories that I was drawn to was like Ralph Ellison, Invisible Man. All the stories that talked about brokenness that is allowed me to know I'm on planet Earth. And so with all this anti-Asian hate, I definitely have fear, like physically. I live in Silicon Valley and there's a, it's very diverse here in California, but even here, a pastor who's an Asian pastor, he's walking downtown Mountain View. That's where the headquarters of Google is and where I live a few minutes from. Somebody drove by in the car and had a frozen, um, frozen cans of soda and threw it at his head. Okay. So you know, this is where I'm at right now. So no, none of us are safe. And by the way, I want, my book is launching <laughs> this week and I wanted to do a virtual tour of Chinatown in San Francisco. That would be so awesome, right? right. To show everybody my culture. Well, guess what? I'm afraid because right where my favorite bakery is, where I went all the time, um, this woman was just being attacked. She's just waiting for the bus. Oh my so Cheryl, I'm, a, I'm physically afraid to go. And I mean, uh, now I'm afraid to go out at night to do grocery shopping, you know, because I'm Asian. That's the way I look. How does that make you feel, Bonnie? I want people to hear the pain. How does that make you feel? I just feel fear. And I think, I think the thing that I feel like other people can understand a lot about is that, you know, as a woman, we already have to be so careful. We're like, there's perpetrators. I was assaulted at UCLA and it was by a Bible study leader, somebody I thought was safe. I mean, I never had a boyfriend in high school. So that already like my, my, you know, like antennas are always up, but then now it's like, because of my skin color and I was born in America, I'm American, but it doesn't matter because other people just see my skin color. They don't see me. So now I have physical, like, oh gosh, I, I can't do certain things. But the thing I think that was most hurtful to me and now we're gonna be raw, okay? is um, the Christian publishing book space. Because, mm. you know, there's a certain cookie cutter. And for 10 years, I've wanted to write this book. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, you know, actually I entered this, I did a 90 second video to enter a short film contest by Donald Miller. The viewers, his readers, he's a New York Times bestselling author, voted my story, 90 second story, the 90 second version of this book, Cheryl, in one second place. That's when I said, hey, I, I think people want to hear this story, but Publishers and agents said, that's nice. It's almost like they patted me on the head and said, that's nice. You can write it for your family, but there's no market for Christian uh, stories of faith from Asian Americans. There's just no market. I said, but I don't need to sell to Asian Americans. I I mean, gospel, the gospel is diverse. We can show God's love is is everywhere. I mean, that's what's most powerful, right? Is when you hear somebody else's story, like you're not Chinese, right, Cheryl? (laughs) But I mean, you relate to me, right? Yes, I do. And it's the power. We're like, oh my gosh, we're sisters in Christ, sisters by the blood of Christ. Sisters of a different blood, but I mean, same blood, right? The blood of Christ. Yes. I'm like, what? I mean, that actually hurt me the most because Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to feel safe among my Christian brothers and sisters. And yet, you know, when it comes to, I guess, the market, quote unquote, like I don't fit the stereotype. But, you know, we have a positive thing here. We want to end on hope. We do. I'm here and, now, and, right? Yeah. And I'm here, here on your show. 
and you're here on the show, but but you know what? But there is room for growth and change. And let's let's start with you and I. What is your hope? You you and I are facing even in our own Christian family, as we said, united by the blood of Jesus, brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God, yet still feeling isolated and marginalized and othered. What what is your hope for the church? Those that are of faith that are listening, and there will be many. What do you want to say to us? What's our what's your hope? Okay, my hope is that I know you and me, when we're not talking about money, the market, we're not talking about platform, everyday real life, we are the same. We know. So you know what? This is just a great opportunity for get the message out. The reason why I wrote this book, it's not just about Bonnie. This is 28 areas of our true worth. So we don't have to stay invisible. And I want every person reading this book to share their story. So at the end of every chapter, it's going to have a question for you to share your story. And I want people to start recognizing there is beauty in my story, every chapter. And I'm not just going to look at what marketing says, what publishing says, what publishing says, uh, you know, or you know, platform or social media, like we live in the everyday life. We, we know we keep it real. So I want everybody to read this book to say, you know what? Oh my gosh, the light that God gave me in that dark tunnel, there is a brother or sister that needs this very incursion. I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to hide anymore. So that is my passion. That that's stories is going to change the world right now. The world is so divisive. We can't control that, but we can share our stories. And right away, we unite right away. Right now, you and me, right? We share stories. You know, I, I know if anything happens, I could just call you and talk to you and you, you're there yeah. for me. So just like our stories, there's people in my life I've known for decades and years. Guess what? Once I started sharing some of these stories, I said, oh, you know what? My dad was abused when I was growing up because, you know, we're in the church, right? We kind of wow. feel like we need to hide it. We don't, we don't want people to say we don't honor our parents. And so we hide our right. stories, but actually it's beautiful because the world hides those stories that in Christ, we can say, I am not ashamed. Jesus is not ashamed when he, you know, lived that moment with me. And now I'm safe. You're safe. We can be together. We can share our story. So, um, goodness. I, I just wanted, I just, I, I lean back because it's so much, it's so, so good. I hear the scripture that we overcome, which means we get, we gain breakthrough and victory by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's our story. And so that is where true breakthrough comes in. And so, yes, we gain strength and we're overcomers and Jesus died for us. And that is 100% true. But without sharing your story, you are not living in full victory, full breakthrough. And I love what you said. Don't be ashamed of it because it is our stories that connect us. Your thoughts there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way we're, we're here alive and with each other. Right. I mean, I think that. How do you know that God loves you? You know, the, um, in the scripture, we always quote this as Christians. Okay. I'm going to call us out on this. <clears throat> it says the call Lord is out. close to the brokenhearted yeah. and save those who are crushed in spirit in Psalm 34. Okay. Well, how do you know that just by quoting it? Mm, so good. Mm -mm. You got to live no. it out. Yes, that's right. I got to show you that. I just shared with you that closet scissors story. Oh my gosh. God definitely must be real. Oh, how did he save you from that moment? My gosh. Yeah, so good. Listen, I, I could stay with it you forever. It has to be our but stories. It has to be the power of stories. That's yeah, where you find your voice. 
Yeah, it has to be the power story. So good. Well, listen, I got one more question and then a surprise question and then we're done. You've been such a gift, such a blessing to us. Okay, so here here's the question for you. When we think about 2020, we've been talking about it a little bit, you and I, this crazy past year and a half that we've been navigating. It's been so devastating for so many on so many levels, from job loss to sickness, pandemic, deaths, all of it. It's just been a really hard season. I'd love to know, what are the big lessons that are that have come up for you in this hard time? What have you come out of this season with? Well, like I said, I'm always trying to share, tell people to share personally, rather than telling you something general, which we all hear about that really doesn't encourage us because we need to know we're not alone, is now you know how I've been abandoned by my father, right? I didn't even have a safe home. Even in my home, I'm afraid because my mother was very toxic. So with the pandemic, the first thing I thought of was, what if Eric dies? That's the first place I went to. What if my children dies? And um, maybe I'll be alone again. That's like a constant, even flying here to Dallas, I'm you know, doing interviews, it's praise God, you know, um, it's lot, book launch week, but immediately that's what I thought when I got an airplane, what if I die? So the thought of death, even though I know I'll be with Jesus, it's like normal, it's human. And I think it's important to talk about that. And I think it leads to other conversations, even with my friends, like my friends called me and say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm afraid I'm going to get COVID and die, you know? And then suddenly my friend would say, Oh, I know this is going on. And I heard this person passed away or that person's sick. And it's like, this is mental health well-being. That's another podcast. Have me on again. Okay, Cheryl, we'll talk about I mental health. Will. Okay. I yeah. Mental will. health, the practical aspects, but studies show there's a study at UCLA brain imaging that says that <clears throat> They had participants look at all these stressful emotions people were experiencing and they hooked up biometrics, their heart rates went up, their blood pressure went up and their people started dilating. They're like spazzing out, but they said, watch it again. This time, the only difference is label the emotion you're seeing. So they said fear, anxiety, worry, guess what? Their bodies relax. Their heart rates went back to resting place. So just by naming our emotions, naming our fear, our body, the way God created us, it's connected. Okay. So a lot of times we're like, why am I wake up in a fog? Why am I stressed out? Why have I insomnia? I'm doing everything right. And I'm not talking about anything bad. Guess what? It's actually working against us because the way God created us, we're supposed to be known. He created our bodies to be a signal. So rather than feeling ashamed of anxiety or depression, it's actually God giving us a hug and say, hey, girl, or hey, brother, you there's stuff you're carrying alone. You need to let it out and your mm. body will just start relaxing. And well, for those of us who've been through trauma, obviously we have to, you know, work a little harder at it. We need to talk yes. more. But um, yeah. what is I going with that? Yes. During this pandemic, we have to share more than maybe we've never felt comfortable before. But you know what? It's wellness. Once you go there, guess what? That brother or sister you're talking to, they're going to be like, oh, oh, actually, I got a story to tell you. <laughs> and right. this is just beautiful. I just see it as a beautiful tapestry mosaic of stories mm, and voices. So, so I, it's the opposite. I tell my kids, there's nothing in our family you cannot talk about. My code, family code was stay quiet, stay, sh you know, shut up and don't tell us anything that doesn't help anybody. My family's different. I tell my kids, Hey kids, this is a safe place. You could talk about anything. Yeah. 
Um, I'm just going to be a good listener. Obviously, as a parent, you know, you'll teach them, correct them later. But in the moment, you could talk about anything. So, so that's how good. we change our legacy. That's how we change our story. That's how we change our legacy. That's how we change our story. Body Gray, my goodness, by by not hiding and being ashamed, but speak art. You know, I, I always say this. Your story is not the reason to shrink back or to dim down. It's the reason to move forward to the front line because it's those broken people that God uses for his glory and purposes. I'm so excited for you. I just want, before you say your last piece, I want to just say, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured it out, (laughs) this is a book we need for this season and time. It's called Sweet Like Jasmine, Bonnie Gray. And uh, Bonnie, where can we find you? Where can we keep, uh, you know, track with you and get to know more about you? Please let us know everything. Okay, I'm turning around here for the listeners um, because I'm showing you this Stories of Faith journal. I wrote it as a free gift to you. Order my book and go to sweetlikejasmine.com. This journal has 28 prompts. These are the same questions I asked myself. You know that moment when I told you, I go, God said, hey, you need to be more honest that you're comfortable with um, because I'm a writer. That's my safe place, you know? So I get, okay, here are the things. (laughs) If I could be more honest is what I would say. So 28 prompts where you can, and you can change your legacy um, towards light because I read the stories uh, that became this book to my children for the first time, Cheryl. My kids did not know my mother was a mail order bride because I was like, all these stories, I was like, oh, you know, I want to start a new legacy. And I thought that meant erasing my past, you know, start new. And God's like, no, I don't want you to erase your past. So um, I started reading these stories and my kids, I said, okay, maybe you don't want to know these things about mom. I started with actually the sexual assault because they're teenagers. And I, I felt like you know, if they weren't my children, I actually go and talk to youth. You know, when I was single, I did youth ministry and I was like, why am I afraid to tell my own kids something I would maybe tell other kids about? So I said, okay, after this one story, if you don't want to hear any more, it's okay. Uh, Mom won't read you anymore because maybe you just want to know me as a mom, but not as a woman. And my Mm -hmm. kids didn't say anything. They're two boys, they're teenagers. So I read the story and I was like, you know, holding my breath because, you know, I'm breaking a family code right there. Right. And I thought they would be like, oh my gosh, mom, TMI. I don't need to know that about you, but no. Instead, Caleb came over to me. He said, mom, that's terrible. Why didn't you tell us this happened to you? And he held me, you know, gave me a hug. And then my oldest son, he's the introvert. So he didn't say anything. And I said, Josh, you have to tell me what you're thinking. If you don't say anything, I'll I'll just think the worst. Like what's going on? And he's like, mom, I'm so proud of you. You're so brave. And actually, Cheryl, I won credit points because he said, you're so honest, mom. Wow. (laughs) So it was a complete opposite, Cheryl. Oh, such. And that is so encouraging to all of us to be honest in our homes, honest in our parenting, in our marriages, relationships with friendships. Like it's time to pull the covers off. Um, Bonnie, I just before we go, I don't want to forget. How do we find you on Instagram? Oh, you're so sweet. You're watching, you're watching my back. You want me to open my arms to the friends that we're making on the show. Come see me at on Instagram at the Bonnie Gray. Subscribe to my soul care newsletter at thebonniegray.com. You can't forget me, the Bonnie Gray. That's the same on Instagram, Facebook, and my website. And go to sweetlikejasmine.com. Pick up this book. It's just a celebration that God sees us in 
all our hidden places. Oh, the Bonnie Gray, guys, you heard it here. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, thebonniegray.com and sweetlikejasmine.com. Okay, Bonnie, I got one last question. It's a surprise one. I didn't tell you about it, but I know you're good for it. <laughs> I ask all of my guests this question. And what's amazing is all of the varied answers. Like, I just love that it's so different. So in light of our conversation and all that we've been touching on, I want you to finish this sentence for me. And take a minute to think about it. It's time for what? It's time for what? Well, I did take a second to think about it. First, I said tea because <laughs> it's Jasmine tea. But once I start to think about it, I said change. It's time for change. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Everybody's at a breaking point, And there's I so much that. negativity around that. But we have the ability to as people of faith to take this moment to stand up to own our voice to tell our story and that's going to be healing it's going to be empowering and in the midst of conflict we need to be brave we need to be courageous it's time to change it's time for change and it's time to change and it's never too late to change I love that. Okay, stay right there. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to flip it because you're blowing me away already. I knew it was going to be good with you. Um, It's what is it not time for? What is it not time for? It's not time to stay quiet. Maybe your whole life you wanted to blend in. You have felt it was safe. You felt it was safe. And, And in fact, let me tell you this. This is from the book right there. Don't edit yourself. Because when you try to please everyone, when you try to smooth things over, when you don't want to create any waves, you end up losing yourself. Jesus said, what good is it if you gain the world and you lose your soul? Your soul is your personality. Your soul is your story. Your soul is your whole self, your flaws, your heartaches, your tears, your triumphs, your joy, your dreams. Okay. What good is it if we live this one life we have been given and we stay silent? You're your own kind of beautiful and you need to step into who you are. Now is the time. Do not stay quiet. Whatever it is, your marriage, your parenting, your work, your voice. I don't know what God's calling you to stand up. You need your voice. You cannot be in this world and not have your voice. Why did Jesus save us? So we can be cookie cutters. So we can just blend in and all talk about the same things every day, every time. No, that time has ended. You, we need to choose this day. Who who are we serving? Are we serving the God of silence? No, we are serving the God who hears our voice. Body gray. Ah, so good. So good. So good. Oh my goodness, Bonnie. I want to thank you so much for being with us and walking with us on the path today. This was a conversation with, um, like with sisters. I feel like I was with my girl and it was so I'm telling you, you're on the path and I want to tell you like, okay, I need to leave you with this, empower you with this sister. Okay. This is from August Wilson. You guys need to read August Wilson's book to know who you are and what you should be doing. You first have to know what your history is. And I wanna Mm -hmm. tell you whatever choices you made in your life to do what you're doing, 
I thank God for you because you are on my path and you are the woman of color who have created this platform, an opportunity for all our stories to be heard. And I am so cheering you on. I'm so proud of you. you. I celebrate you. I celebrate your story. I celebrate the fullness of who you are. And I'm thankful. I thank you on behalf of your listeners and the people that you nurture with the strength of your voice. Oh, so Bonnie's now my new best friend. And I just wanted to announce that right now here on the show. Bonnie, I want to thank you so much for being on the path. You will come back again. Please promise me. Oh, wow. That's great. I love. All right. I love. I love. I love that invitation. All right. Be blessed, sister. You be blessed as well. Wow. I was absolutely not only blown away, but really ministered to by Bonnie Gray. Everything she said just was so freeing for me and a reminder to us all that uh, our painful past, our hurtful moments, the traumatic things that have happened in our life are still happening. The brokenness of our stories are not the reason to shrink back or dim down or be silent. They're actually the very thing that God wants to use to bring him glory, to tell the world of his love and to change lives. Until then, guys, I encourage you to keep living, keep loving, keep sharing your story, keep telling others about the love of Jesus, and I'll see you on the path. Thank you for listening to On the Path Podcast with Cheryl Nemhard, brought to you by Fight for Freedom, educating, empowering, and equipping community members by raising awareness and training others surrounding the issues of sex trafficking. For more information or to donate, go to fightforfreedom.ca. Please like download and subscribe. This has been an Exusia Media production.